0: Who's that man? Yeah, I (laughs) am.
1: Where, how do I click, open this, oh, I'm on the wrong screen.
0: How do you what? You're there. there. Yeah, I'm
1: there. I I, I thought I'd lost you, David. (laughs) Um, good. Um, how how are things?
0: Oh, things, Jason. Things like a walk in the park. Adventures in Wine. David Chandler, and he is Jason Yap.
1: I'm just about to prime my palate, and I very rudely didn't consider you when I delivered the sample to it, with a spot of white wine. In this case,
0: a rather right good premier Cru Chablis. from... Oh, me now. Okay. Well, I can imagine um, that.
1: do oh, right, Because Because, uh, tell me if you think this is weird. I, you're as good a sanding board as anyone I know. Um,
0: oh, well, that's... Uh, that, is that... Are you, are you t- me there?
1: there? <laughs> red wine. I like to just a tune first with a little splash of white. Do, do you think that's all? The sherry is lovely. It's um really dry and mineraly, and it's got a lovely clean, nervy palate with a wonderful tension.
0: Um, well, I am I am just going to have to make do with this tumbler full of tepid water and my lemon garnish.
1: Right, well, I've got a a nice sort of loose theme here because I know you, like I, enjoy, you know, full-bodied, life-affirming, hearty red wines from Bordeaux, the Rhone, Languedoc, Provence. You know, there's chest-thumping...
0: Narrow it down a bit, Jason. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just something
1: um, we'll get onto the blushful hippocrene again if we're not careful. Um, life-affirming reds. But when the mercury rises and the, the asphalt is melting, you, I can't drink those wines. They just go soupy. And, and, you know, in high summer, I definitely have a holiday with some lighter, fruitier
0: reds. I tell you, I concur utterly, you know, the, uh, last week when it was getting a little bit tropical out there, um, then what I noticed was that I just had a couple of reds left over from you, which were delicious, delightful, but I couldn't really quite honestly manage them. I had a sip or two and I thought, no, 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 this is just... No, I, I, exactly,
1: um, my uh, calf personnel was running a bit low the other day and I had a very heavily oat. Open- 2010, I mean, there quite a lot of bottled Bordeaux and poof, it just, yeah. it was heavy, it was hard work.
0: Yeah, isn't that an awful thing to say? For so, us hedonists, imagine that.
1: Summer reds is our theme today, yeah, but, it, you know, same way you don't fancy certain food stuffs. you know, I wouldn't want to be having a fondue when it was sweltering, um, <laughs> you know, or gazpacho when it was freezing, you know, these things are very variable. But there's two things that I think people need to take away today, by people I mean you as much as anyone. That is the temperature these wines should be served at. Yeah. I hope you've got your flights lined up and they're not too warm.
0: I have been very, very careful with this, Jason, let me tell you. (laughs) I've been taking their pulse all afternoon. Are they cool to the touch? They are cool to the touch. Good, because
1: that's the first point. The the temperature at which they're served, because you shouldn't be serving these wines, um at ambient temperature when people go about room temperature about red wines you know I like to think drafty castle in Scotland mm-hmm. not um, bungalow in Bournemouth you know <laughs> um, uh, and so I much prefer to taste the wine where it's warming up in the glass in your hand than you know uh, that soupy, Room temperature. but these lighter summer reds that often have lower ABV mm-hmm. and less wood should be consumed, I think, at about, between about 10 and 14 degrees. And I, I favour starting up at the lower end of that spectrum. I mean, the the French for cellar is, is carve, cave. Okay. That's a good cellar, pretty much a cave. Famously, the Swedish... Uh, national Cellars, a super cold one. W- wines that get stored there taste completely different from their counterparts. Exactly the same wines that are stored okay. in Mediterranean conditions. uh uh-huh. Because it's so inert. So, right. you want your wine to last forever. Take it to Sweden.
0: My wine's not been in a cave <clears throat> this afternoon, but. We've basically got 25 minutes. We've got five wines, 25 minutes. Go, yeah, go, go. We'll do this, we'll do this.
1: It's <clears throat> Wine number one, the Chateau
0: Fouquet. Chateau Fouquet. You have already sampled. Let Seven. me grab a corkscrew. I've put several fingers into this. You've illustrated Chateau Fouquet. I have.
1: Very handsomely. And, um, home of my good friend Fred Fliathrow. Mm-hmm. The grape variety it's 100%. And the vines, it's an organic vineyard. The vines surround the Chateau. And I tell you what, when we're allowed to travel, if, if you ever want to... Some, stay in some lovely wine country. Fred has a gîte right next door to the Chateau. And I'm sure you'd get a few bottles of this at a very reasonable rate. And it's pure Cabernet Franc, 100% Cabernet Franc. It's in the Appalachian of Saumur.
0: Well, oh, I wouldn't get a freebie then, Jason.
1: Funny enough, the growers from the village of Breze, where they make it, were could have been in Saumur Champigny, but they thought they'd have to pay higher taxes. Uh, and so they voted they for a downgrade. Right?
0: So they so went a bit yeah. gilet jaune on the whole thing.
1: This is uh, grown organically, surf Mm-hmm. And you've got that lovely kind of summer berry bouquet. Yeah. Very purple colour, not one to spill on your
0: white carpet. There's a little bit of sediment too, isn't there? It's quite earthy in a, in a way. I quite like but, that.
1: Fred's quite a low interventionist winemaker. Yeah. And so that just means. It hasn't been heavily filtered or fined. Yeah. So, and it
0: keeps the wine a bit more character. Yeah, it's,
1: it's got a lovely, juicy, red fruit palette, and then you've got this fresh acidity.
0: Jason, I, I reckon it's fragrant. It's
1: fragrant and it's it's fresh. So very often when we're going on summer holiday, which is nearly always the Dordogne, we'll do a pit stop in Samur and mm-hmm. load the car. The kids used to hate it because we would cram, <laughs> cram the car with as much, um, Chateau Fouquet is, and quite often stay the night there.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, they're have, sitting on it. I can imagine they're sitting on cases of the stuff.
1: And we pack the car, I tell you, it goes probably for the burn rate. Once you've got 12 people visiting, you know, you, you can, the, the bottle bank
0: is quite impressive. But this this is actually, it's a, it's a delicious wine and it's one of my favorites.
1: And that's the 2018 vintage. It's, it's just drinking itself, isn't it? And yeah. um, so yeah, was a relatively cool climate vine area, but 2018 was a warm vintage, and so you get a bit more richness and it's it's slightly more sort of than uh, it would normally be. But um a personal favourite, and I know we've tried it together many times, but yeah, yeah. I thought it it's your quintessential summer wine.
0: Yeah, it's 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 quite quite delicious.
1: My next go-to grape for summer would be
0: Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir, let me grab.
1: And this one. Is from its spiritual heartland in Burgundy. So this is just a relatively humble, generic Bourgogne Pinot Noir. It's made by Stéphane Brocard, twenty seventeen vintage. So a little bit of bottle age, which is what you'd want.
0: It's not such a rich robe as the as the Château Fouquet, is it?
1: No. Uh, Well, that Pinot Noir—that's Pinot Noir for you. Pinot Noir is famously not a very color rich wine there's different grapes and where they blend wine in the south france they they some grapes they just use for color they call them tanker okay tinters i mean it's almost like a dark rosé isn't it it's kind of a brick red terracotta
0: yeah there is a, there once again it's umbers in there in my glass i can see
1: and pinot noir completely different on the nose it, it's quite a bit earthier
0: it certainly is. Oh, yeah. You get a
1: bit of your favourite forest floor there.
0: Um, I am going to say, no, there isn't any petrichor in there, but there is something just that little bit...
1: You still get that, that red fruit.
0: But yeah. It's,
1: it's not as intense on the nose. No, it's not. But the palate is lovely and light and racy. You know, you could almost drink this like a rosé. Mm. A tiny, tiny bit more chilled. Very delicate tannins, but versatile. You could drink this, you know, with or without food. It's quite light. Yeah. Uh, You've got to imagine... If you're out in the open air on a hot day and you don't want anything too heavy and maybe you're having a barbecue, I think this would be ideal.
0: I think it's quite perky, actually. It's got this, as you as you draw it back across your tongue, it livens it up. So my first Summer Red Grape Cabernet font that would probably be my first
1: bottle of course. Second Pinot Noir, closely followed by, I mean, harder of the rails, Gannon. And this is a great example. I know you've tried this before, you've lovely wax top. Just go straight through that with a corkscrew, great. Uh, this
0: Great, this I think this is part of the treat, isn't it? Is to actually drive your corkscrew straight through the wax seal.
1: Beautiful, it's one of my favorites, and you've done a lovely illustration of it. 2018 vintage, a very generous vintage in Burgundy, both in quality and quantity. And those two do not always, by any means, uh, go together. Okay. Short harvests,
0: yeah,
1: are very high quality. Less stress on the vines, and the um, fruit selection's more straightforward. Right. So, oh, this this colour is somewhere between the two. Kind of garnet. Lovely fruity nose.
0: Unless I get another glass, I'm going to have to neck it. Hold on. Sorry, Jason. Entirely the wrong glass. Don't look at my glass. Don't look yeah. at
1: it. That's fine. Just use it as a crash wire. Um, so this, uh, this 2018 vintage Beaujolais from Domaine de Far, made by the Grier brothers, Antoine and Maxime. And I just love this. It's got really lovely raspberry, redcurrant, bit of cherry on the nose.
0: And then this... It's gorgeous. It begins right away on the tip of the tongue, doesn't it? And it's... Straight away.
1: It's got a vibrancy. Um, mm. this freshness, it's freshness. It's juicy fruit. And, um, it's quite racy, you know. That's your incentive to have another sip of it. Perfect for with picnic food, this, you know, plonk up in a in a mountain stream, uh, delve into your wicker hamper. <laughs>
0: and, um, Jason, you said juicy fruit, that's a chewing gum. I abhor chewing gum. Do you? Yeah, I, I can't I can't be doing with it, it gives me a headache because I spend too long chewing it.
1: I think people look more wrong when are chewing. And um and as for getting on pavements, they don't even get me started. With you, right? When I'm world leader, I'm banning chewing them. That is a living in So and then we've had Cabernet Fond, hmm. Pinot Noir, Gamay. The next grape I think we should bring to party is well, we're, we're gonna go
0: off-piste with our last two. Okay. Quite, quite dramatically. I'm intrigued so, by these. I've not ever cast... Yeah, yeah, well, we're,
1: to... we're... into the kind of little leagues here, but it's where you find the interesting stuff. And so... Wine... Number... Four... is... a Pulsard. Pulsard? Now, here we're in the... Jura.
0: The Jura oh, is that's...
1: the vine area. Mm-hmm. And it's a small vine, only about less than 2,000 hectares under vine. It used to be 10 times that before for for Bloxford, back in the 18th century. Okay. Um, But there's much debate about whether the grape is called Pulsard or Plussard. But Larry Piso, who makes this wine, said to me, there's no debate, it's Pulsard. So I'm going with Pulsard. Pulsard, I'm going with Valerie. But it's an ancient vine area, and it's between... um, Burgundy and Switzerland. And there's some consternation at the moment because land in Burgundy, very, very expensive. Burgundian wines is very expensive.
0: Right.
1: Land in Jura, not very expensive. Okay. The Jura is is Jurassic in origin, Triassic, in okay. Um
0: and um What does that mean? Does that mean three three backsides?
1: It's got a Clay, marl soil, very distinctive soil. And it's the Jura, as I've said to you before, is like Norfolk. There's no reason to go there other than to go there. Unless you're a Burgundian skier, maybe, who would traverse uh, the Jura. But it's a beautiful area. It's kind of the land that time forgot. And they use these... Like Norfolk. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, the parallel is... Uh, um, no decent wine, uh, to my knowledge. Um, before I get the hate mail. Uh, this is the... 2017 Pulsard from Domaine Jean-Louis Tissot. And it comes from the hill village above the sort of heartland of the Jura, which is called the Arbois. And this is right. from the hill village montigny les Azures, And they just use these single archaic grape varieties. It is of course also where they make Van Jaune. But this, if you if you looked at that in the glass, it, yeah. you'd think it, you're back with the Pinot Noir. And it's got some parallels with Pinot Noir, I think.
0: All right, um, and ah, struggling with the cork here, including but, on the nose. Um, so tell me, are Yap Brothers the only people in the entire country who have got a consignment of this? Would you would, would you be able to get it anywhere else but from you, Pulsar?
1: Well, you you probably could because um after years and years of not being really on the radar, Jura Wines. Having a moment, and it really funny enough started in the States and in New York. This is a big thing, really. And so, okay, as a lot of sommeliers flip between New York and London, right? You would certainly find Pulsard on smart wine lists in London,
0: really. Um, Okay,
1: yeah, but they're all,
0: yeah. I'm not going to find it in Asda, am I? I'm not going to get it in, never.
1: No, you
0: won't find it in the galley aisles of a supermarket. It's a very distinctive bottle, isn't it? It's a very distinctive bottle. Typical of the and Jura.
1: Beautiful bouquet, just just have a sniff oh. of that,
0: David. Jason, it's, it's the same colour as sherry, as a cream sherry. It has
1: got quite an evolved robe there, and um, it's lovely stewed, red fruit nose. The mm. palette's so smooth, the, the tannins are just fondant. You know, there's no hard edges to that wine whatsoever. No,
0: no, it's it's delicious.
1: And um, fantastic with substantial salads, charcuterie. As you know, I like a salad that isn't really a salad, you know. But you get the croutons and lardons and, and egg going. And and uh, a nice salad,
0: lyonnaise. Uh, you just described a full English breakfast.
1: <laughs> with some lettuce. Um, and uh, then yeah. then you're away. Hey, cool salad. I commend this to you. This is... And it's a terrific wine. And um, it took, took us a while to find something we, we really love, but um, perfect, for, perfect for the summertime. Bung that in a nice bucket, nice kitchen table lunch of bread and cheese and charcuterie and salad. Yeah. You're home free.
0: First sip, Jason, Every, all your guests are gonna are gonna be absolutely beguiled. They're gonna be thinking, "What am I drinking?" But in a mm, nice way. It,
1: you're quite right. You really touched on something there. It's the, it's the antithesis of a sort of supermarket commercial, cynically, you know, mass-produced wine. Mm. Um, so really, careful. I can I commend the Jura to you highly, as
0: I do with our next geographical area. Just, which just is, a second, Jason. No, that, this is fourteen percent. So it's, I know that's that's atypically pretty high. Pretty high, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, well,
1: these are these short summers. Well,
0: right, okay. Short summers, and boom, that's, that is atypically high, yeah. Really unusual. But it yeah. wears it very lightly, doesn't it? I should say, that's, there's trouble there. Trouble brewing, I would say. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I take your point, but uh, m- moderation and everything.
1: Um, <laughs> now our final wine is another, <laughs> is another wine from somewhere with altitude which is increasingly important. If, you, if I was looking to buy a, a vineyard, which I'm not,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the moment, with the climate change we're getting, I would go up. I would either want to be on the coast or at altitude. And our final wine from this flight is a Mondeuse.
0: Have you got your Mondeuse handy? I, it's, it's just having its final little chill in the fridge. If you grab it, once again, it's a, quite a distinctive bottle with this. It's got this kind of embossing on the glass, hasn't it? This from the Savoie. Yeah, well... And, a, and an ammonite, ammonite label. It is.
1: And um, it's from the Savoie, which is the vine area in the foothills of the Alps. It's in the Isère Valley, above the border with Italy. Mm-hmm. And Mondo's is archaic, but specialist, great variety. And... Savoir's really the, the go-to place where it's a very, very old place it predates Syrah, to which it's uh, genetically related. And this is made by the Tiollier family. This is the 2018 vintage again, only 12% ABV. And going um, to be fascinating to see what you make of Mondo's. I don't think you've ever tried it before.
0: No, tried their white, have I not? Yeah, yeah, the Jacques. London, lovely, lovely. It's quite floral and- You get that Alpine
1: freshness. Yeah. Um, but this, quite dark in the glass, that looks more like a syrup, it's kind of- It cool. does,
0: yeah. But, Do you get the same kind of floral notes with this? No,
1: no, you, you get a lot of pepper of both kinds, sort of capsicum and cracked black pepper on the nose. Mm. But I find that really inviting. It's- That's curious, lovely. Isn't it? It's, it's, and then- That is, mm. I can't speak for yours, but mine's the perfect temperature. Just cool
0: on the tongue I'll have you know mine is too
1: and then that bright peppery fruit and this is the complete inverse of, of the Poussard in that this tastes like quite a full red but it's got a low ABV so yeah um, curious but perfect for outdoor drinking
0: yeah You're getting a
1: bit of grilled red meat or you know, veg on the on the barbecue um, right. that would be a perfect accompaniment
0: once again, I think it's an intriguing wine, this one. Once again, it, it makes you stop and think about what it is that you've got in your mouth.
1: The, the common thread here with all these five wines is that fresh acidity, which um, means that they work well when they're they're lightly chilled. And so I do have a bit of a summer holiday with my red wine drinking. I forego the uh, chest-dumping, nerfs. Jogonlesses, peak san Loops, and
0: yep.
1: such-like, and restock with Pinot Noirs, Cabernets, Gamays, and other more exotic fare. So I hope, if nothing else, David, I've convinced you to broaden your horizons.
0: I think you um, have, and I've, I think it's your mission in life to do this, actually, for the rest of the world.
1: And uh, we should be drinking these slightly less well-known, uh, you know, on the path less trodden, lightly chilled reds, which are perfect for high summer.
0: Absolutely, get people to rethink red. That's what we should be doing. Well, you, you, you've come
1: up with a, a uh,
0: that's
1: perfect. Well, on that note, David, I'm gonna wish you, as they do in France, a,
0: a bon weekend. Merci. Which is a bit of fond like chin chin. Chin, chin! Well, you've 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 done me proud tonight, Jason. It's so wonderful. And, so, it's just fascinating. And, uh, yeah, and you,
1: uh, the, the rest of those on the weekend.
0: Super. I certainly will. I certainly will.
1: And uh, yeah, catch up soon, David. I, I love what you've done with your hair. <laughs> what do you mean? Basically, what I haven't done, Jason. You and a, you and a lot of other people.
0: more adventures in wine at www.yap.co.uk